Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm joined by Debbie Stewart. Debbie is our women's minister at Green Acres, and today we're having a conversation about spiritual warfare. Debbie, thanks for being here. I'm so excited, and I'm thrilled about this particular message. It's going to be a good one. So let's dive in. What is spiritual warfare? Well, we're going to define it, but mainly let's explain it, and let's explain it according to God's Word. First, let's look at where spiritual warfare comes from. We realize that there are various beliefs, ideologies about God, the devil, good and evil. And over the years, spiritual warfare has had a lot of confusion, some controversy, some skepticism surrounding it. Uh, There have been movies, cartoons, conferences even, sensationalizing and marginalizing the topic. It makes me think of those cartoons when you're a kid and you're like, you've got the main character trying to make a choice and they've got a little devil on their shoulder and a little angel and they're like, do this. (laughs) It's so true. It is so true. And the only thing uh, that's really uh, truth about that is that God does work in our lives. And so does the devil. We are going to attempt to give you exactly what the Word of God, the Bible, says on this subject, not any popular teacher's opinion or any certain denomination. We're going to look into God's Word to see what He says. Mm -hmm. And the Bible teaches that light dispels darkness. So we want to bring truth. We want to bring light into this conversation because it's not something we need to fear. It's just something we need to be prepared for. Absolutely. And really, that statement goes for anything. When we feel like we're in a time of fear or uncertainty, step into God's Word. Mm -hmm. Take a moment, Mm -hmm. get in God's Word, read your scriptures. He's given us what we need. He has, Mm -hmm. and we're going to cover that. So let's start at the beginning, and I'll try not to use churchy words so that uh, those that do not come from a church background can clearly understand. So here's what the Bible teaches. There is good and there is evil in the world. Mm -hmm. And we have watched both played out in the world and in our lives every day. Uh, You probably saw it on the news this morning. Uh, There's good and evil, and there's also Jesus, and there is the devil, and they are both very real and at work in our lives. Uh, They are not symbols. They represent good and evil, uh, but they are living beings. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's not the uh, Jesus is not the little white angel sitting on your shoulder. Thank this goodness. Is, yes, <laughs> yes. But this is what the Bible says that Jesus does. Just one of many things, but the Bible says that Jesus has a plan and a purpose for our life and everything that happens in our life. Uh, you recall Jeremiah thirty three three. We talk about that scripture all the time. Yeah, let me read it for those of you that may be driving or don't have your Bible open in front of you. It says, "Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and incomprehensible things you do not know." Yes, the Lord will give us the wisdom that we need. Mm-hmm. He has a plan and a purpose for our life. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews twelve two tells us that. His purpose is to give us power to overcome the devil and that divine power that is working in our lives enables you to live the godly and spiritually productive life God has called you to live. Uh, Philippians 2.13 tells us that. And as a reminder, John 10.10 says, I've I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were a lot of years I wasn't living the abundant life, in all honesty. I was just trying to survive the day. And that's not what God intends for us. Mm-hmm. And then Colossians 1.12 says, I labor at this, striving with his strength, so 
not our own. Uh, we try to do things in our own strength on a regular basis, at least I do. Which, let me pause right there. For those of you that are not sitting down with a notepad listening to this, I'm going to put all of these scriptures that we're listing in our show notes and so that you can go back and mm-hmm. reference those later. So don't stress about <laughs> trying to write it down when you're driving. Um, been there before. Don't do that. It's that's not safe. Right. <laughs> and it's all built and based on scripture. So that's why we want you to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, believers have the power of God at work within them, protecting them and overcoming the attacks of the enemy. That's First John 4, 4. Mm-hmm. And believers have been given the whole armor of God. Now, that might be a churchy phrase, but we're going to read exactly what the armor of God is. And here's what it does. It helps us to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the enemy. And each piece has a function that we're to put on as believers uh, to overcome the temptation and attacks of the devil. So, Taylor, why don't you read that? Because that is such an important part of um, what God has called us to do. Absolutely. That's in Ephesians Ephesians 6. And read uh, 10 through 18. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, here it says, Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you Mm -hmm. can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh Mm -hmm. and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore, with truth like a belt Mm -hmm. around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith Mm -hmm. with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. All right. That's our strategy. And those are the tools that the Lord has given us. So God is for us. He helps us. He equips us. He loves us. He cares about every detail of our life. Now, let's unpack some strategies and schemes of the devil. Uh, the the. Bible calls him Satan, and he was once an angel in heaven. Revelations 12, 7 through 9 tells us that, and that he was cast out. Mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter 14 tells us why, because he was full of pride, and he wanted to make himself like the Most High. Mm-hmm. He is not equal to God, and I want our listeners to realize this as well. He is not the opposite of God. Sometimes that's what we get in our mind. We have God, and we have the devil, and they're the opposite. They're not. They are both living beings. That's really good. So the devil also has a plan, a will, and a purpose for our life. That's in John 10.10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's Mm -hmm. 1 Peter 5.8. The Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 11.14, he disguises himself as an angel of light. That's where we get into some tricky things that he does. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about. He is a destroyer, John 8.44. His purpose is to destroy God's people and God's work. The Bible describes him as our adversary, our enemy, the accuser, a deceiver, and the father of lies. He wants you to have doubts, regrets, worry, fear, stress, anxiety, pain, anger, grief, depression, loneliness, all the things. So if any of these things are present in your life today, ask the Lord, are any of these an attack from the enemy in my life? Mm. And then prepare to fight. And we're going to tell you how to do that. So 
along those lines, how does he, before we get into how to fight it, how does he accomplish those things? Oh, good. That's such a good question. Here's exactly how he does it, because the God's word tells us so that we can be informed and that we can be ready. It's like I'm going to use a sports analogy. Just bear with me. (laughs) Um, But it feels like when teams watch game footage of the team they're going to play. You want to be prepared for the strategies they're going to do. So for any of my sports people who are like, Taylor, that's totally off. I'm sorry. Uh I did the best I could. (laughs) I love that. Now, my grandson is a big basketball fan, and so he loves Michael Jordan, and that's what Michael Jordan said. When he was asked the question, what makes you the best at what you do? He said, it's not that I watch myself and replay that, I watch my opponent. Mm -hmm. And so many times we get stuck watching ourselves. We do. Which is probably a whole other tangent we could take. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) All right. So he employs a a variety of strategies to destroy people and the things of God. Uh, Here's what I've noticed, and God's Word confirms this. Whenever and wherever God is at work, you will likely find the enemy at work as well because he wants to stop the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. He divides, the Bible says, he divides our hearts. He likes to divide our families. And that's where strongholds come into play. We, We may look at strongholds in another podcast. He will deceive, distract, discourage, and divert our attention away from the things of God, away from the Word of God, and away from the people of God. Which reminds me of the Life Together message on mm-hmm. 12 Devices of the Devil, mm-hmm. which I will also put in the show notes. Um, but you can watch that on our website. And I wonder how many times, I, I certainly know this has happened in my life, but maybe even this morning with our listeners, that we got up with the intention to meet with the Lord. I, I'm going to get up and read my scripture. I'm going to sit down and have my 20 minutes a day with the Lord. I'm going to sit down and have my prayer time like we meant to do that. But then something happened. Mm. And you can put the enemy's mark on that. Some distraction, some diversion, some unexpected thing happened, and it pulled us away. And then he has success when he's able to pull us away from God's word. Mm-hmm. So his he has evil intentions against us. Uh, he hates you, and he hates that God is working in your life. So he wants to wreck your life and mess up your mind. So that's why it's important for us to talk about spiritual warfare. Ephesians 5.11 says we are to expose the works of darkness, and that's what we're going to do today. Mm-hmm. So we just read Ephesians 6.10 through 18 that gave us those tools. So how do we employ those, and what does the Bible say for us to to do. So we now kind of know what the enemy does. What are we to do? Uh, first thing is we are not to be afraid. Mm. The enemy wants us to be afraid. He wants us to not understand and be fearful. The Lord provides counter strategies for every one of his methods. So we need not fear him. Uh, the purpose of our podcast today is really twofold. We want to raise awareness and really in doing so jerk the cover off of what the enemy's tried to cover up so he can remain in darkness and not for you to know how mm-hmm. he works. Mm-hmm. So raise awareness and for us to take action. Ezra 10, 4 says, this matter is in your hands. Be courageous and take action. So along with Ephesians 6 that we read earlier, there is another spiritual strategy. There are many, but here are just a couple. For instance, James 4, 7 gives us our strategy, our spiritual strategy. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, that's our action plan. Okay, so reading that, it's really easy to read the scripture and be like, do not fear. Okay, check. Mm -hmm. Submit to God. Okay, check. But what does that mean 
Like, what does that look like Mm -hmm. practically in our lives? So here's what it looks like. Let's define those terms. Okay. Uh, And this is the biblical meaning. The the Hebrew definition of submit means, and very much like Webster, it means to arrange under, to yield to. And then this is my favorite. It means a voluntary attitude of cooperating with. Mm. Yeah, let me say that again. A voluntary attitude. So think of your attitudes right now, attitude about things that are happening in your life, about other people, maybe what's going on at your church or in your job, your health situation, your finances. It's a voluntary attitude of cooperating with the Lord. Many times, this is what the Lord calls me out on. Many times I have heard the Lord say, even recently, Debbie, I need you to cooperate with me on this. Uh, I remember clearly when my husband was having a heart transplant, praying and praying for God to provide a heart and and the Lord continuing to put in my, my heart, Debbie, I need you to cooperate, which means you don't know what all I'm doing. You don't know how things are connected. You don't know the outcome I'm going for. You don't know the, the uh, eternal purposes in play. I just wanted a certain thing to happen. And see, this is where the enemy will get us so consumed with the outcome we desire and the certain thing that we want happen that it messes up our perspective. And that's the Lord saying, submit, cooperate, get back in line, cooperate with me. Don't push against the goad, as the Bible tells us. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what submit. to. So what do we submit to? We submit to his word. That's why it's important to have our 20 minutes a day for the rest of your life. You are You are arranging yourself. You are positioning yourself under God's word to take it in, to feed yourself. Mm -hmm. So we submit to his word, whatever that says. We submit to his ways. What is God going for in your life? Not what are you going for? And we submit to his will. Now, here's what resist the devil means. It means to stand against, to oppose. You read it earlier, to stand firm. Mm -hmm. That's what submit means, to refuse, refuse those opportunities that the enemy gives us. So that means when the devil is trying to convince you that God doesn't really love you or doesn't really have a plan for your life Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be, we need to stand firm in the truth that his word says. That's why Ephesians says, put on that truth. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. have to know the truth, have that Bible uh, close by, have it memorized, have your scriptures on cards. And even when uh, he tries to cause doubt about the Lord, even those times, but especially little thoughts he will put in your mind that aren't expressively like evil, but, oh, just buy that dress. That's not a big deal. Or eat that dessert. Who? That's not a problem. Scroll through this. Spend your time on social media. Those things are not evil. But those things can take away from what God is doing. So we have to arrange ourselves under what God is doing, not what we want to do. So 2 Corinthians 10.4 tells us to bring our thoughts captive under obedience to Christ. So that's another one of our tools. That's mm-hmm. another our strategy. How do you resist the devil? You pray this scripture, Lord. My, bring my thoughts captive. Listen, as you well know, Taylor, my thoughts are all over the map. <laughs> I think I, I'm thinking things in the middle of the night after write them down on a sheet of paper. And so I often pray that prayer, Lord, bring my thoughts captive that mm-hmm. they have to obey you. Well, and we have another Life Together message on that about mm-hmm. the battle in your brain that I'll put in the show notes yeah. too if you missed oh, that. There's a whole list on that on that uh, handout that says, think this, not that, mm-hmm. how the enemy tries to get us little thoughts in our mind, little negative thoughts about ourselves, about our circumstances, about God, mm-hmm. and about others. He, cre- he likes to create suspicion. Oh, they're doing this because it doesn't have anything to do with that. 
Mm-hmm. And really, temptation, the word means enticement, uh, enticement to do wrong or to do something uh, opposing to what God's word, his ways and his will says. So, you know, I'm married to a fisherman and enticement is really a fishing term. It means to lure. Here's the interesting thing about a lure. So think about a fisherman and a lure. Uh, lure is one of the few words that is both a noun. So it's a person, place or thing. But it's also an adverb. It is action, like a lure. So think of the lure that you throw in the water, but also to lure away. That's your adverb, to actually lure away from what's right. So fishermen know that when you throw the lure in the water, it's not so much um, that uh, he wants the lure. Here's what it is. It, It causes attraction. Whatever that fish might be doing at the moment, it might be sitting over its bed, but it causes that distraction and lures the fish away. That shiny thing, mm-hmm. that movement, that pop, that sound, that smell, whatever it is, it lures the fish away and then the fish is caught. Mm. So let's not make this harder than it really is because oftentimes it's easy to recognize the enemy's activity. Let's give an example. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on thee. So what do you think that devil's strategy is with that? Distraction. Absolutely. Let me get your mind off the Lord. Mm -hmm. If he will keep you in perfect peace, if your mind is stayed on me, then let me, I don't want you to be in perfect peace, the enemy says. So he will start with our mind. Let me tell you what happened this morning. Uh, In preparation for this, I was praying, putting some final notes on this. And here's the thought. I'm not even kidding. The exact thought that popped into my mind. This is the enemy. This is the devil. He said, you'll be sorry you did that. That You'll be sorry that I teach this lesson. I'm teaching college tonight about the 12 devices of the devil. That too was included in his little phrase. You'll be sorry you did that. Now, see, in previous days, that would have scared me. Mm -hmm. I would have thought, Oh, bad things are going to happen, and now things are going to fall apart. But, you know, I'm not that girl anymore because I've learned from God's Word how to position myself. Mm -hmm. I've learned to arrange myself under, and I'm learning to cooperate with the Lord. So I'm I'm not going to run scared, and I'm not going to be afraid. He said that little phrase to cause fear, to to incite fear in me. And here was my immediate response, and I was not even kidding. My response is, no, you will be sorry. And that's exactly what I mean, because we are exposing his strategies and we are learning what God wants us to do. So all of these are great verses to put in our arsenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, after all, the key word is war, spiritual war. So think about war. Uh, What is needed to fight a war? Well, I've never fought a war, but if I were taking a guess, I would say weapons, strategies, and people. Absolutely. You have to have a strategy. What what am I going to do? Where are we going to do that? That's what the Lord is doing. He's raising up warriors to fight a war. I think we sang this last Sunday or Sunday before in church. This is how I fight my battles. My weapons are praise and thanksgiving. The Lord gives us these. I may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Another song, I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. Thanksgiving, gratitude, appreciation. You're, you're keeping your mind set on the Lord is your weapon. Well, and it reminds me of the story, and I can't remember exactly where it is now. It's either Elijah or Elisha, and he has his, maybe it's both of them, and he has like his person that he's mentoring with mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. And all that person can see is the bad things happening around them. And mm-hmm. he just praises the Lord with open his eyes yes. to the spiritual warfare, the spiritual, the 
angels that are mm-hmm. fighting for him. That's exactly right. Do you right. remember where that story is? Uh, well, I think it is Elijah. And uh, they were in a battle and they were feeling defeated. Like mm-hmm. they felt like, oh, there's no way. Yeah. But the Bible says that God opened his eyes to mm-hmm. see. Sometimes we don't see how the Lord is working in our life. Sometimes he does allow us to mm-hmm. see that. That's why leaning in and staying close to the Lord is so important. You don't have to be blindsided by the enemy like I was for years. Mm-hmm. So listen, we can't afford to be wimpy and whiny and complain when things Things don't go as we planned or we feel like something's wrong. We don't know if it's wrong. The Bible says what the enemy intends for evil, God means for good. And surely you've noticed how the enemy has ramped up his attacks on family, on our children, on our minds. Um, on our emotional health, we are at the highest level of depression ever recorded in society. Mm. And also, according to the National Center for Health Statistics, since the beginning of 2023, there has been an average of 67 suicides a day in the United States. Okay, somebody's not being a light in a dark place. And somebody has been lured away by the enemy into isolation, into depression, and despair. And um, that's exactly what the enemy wants. And we are still Standing up, we are standing up against that. God has called us to be that light. So I hope you see now why it's called spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to give like a one sentence definition, but let's try to wrap it up with that. I, I guess I would say, and other scholars have given these terms. Spiritual warfare is the war against non-Christians to keep them from knowing Christ, coming to Christ, giving their life to Christ. And spiritual warfare is a war against Christians to attack and to attempt to render us ineffective and unproductive in the things and in the purposes of God. Um, And I and we, and especially in women's ministry, our staff here at Green Acres is standing up against that. Mm. So it's uh, not that we want to focus all of our attention. I know we've given some attention to the enemy. We, you know, for me, I want to focus on the Lord, but we want you to know his strategies. And uh, we want to focus our attention on what God is doing and fight those battles through prayer, through his word, and through thanksgiving. So let me kind of summarize what we've gone through with the podcast. Make sure I'm hearing you Mm -hmm. right. And then I'll get you to talk a little bit of that with next steps. So the biggest thing is... We need to know the strategies of the enemies, which we've Mm -hmm. talked about today. He's going to be big and bold and blatant sometimes, and other times he's going to kind of sneak in under the radar, put these thoughts in our head, and convince us of things that are not true. And then on top of that, we need to be prepared. So we need to prepare ourselves before we're in a situation with spiritual warfare. We need to be in God's Word. We need to be praying. We need to be in biblical community. And then when we are battling spiritual warfare, we have that community to battle with us, and we have— our prayer tools, we have um, the truth of Christ. We see Jesus when he's tempted by the devil in his 40 days in the wilderness, that he's speaking scripture back to the devil. So that's going to be another part of that. And I think, too, the other thing is it's not just about us. This has kind of been an underlying current that we've talked about, but haven't stated outright in this podcast. But it it's our people, our Mm -hmm. community, the people that we do life with, our family, our husbands, our children— they're in a spiritual battle too. And so we need to be praying for them. Um, Mm -hmm. One strategy I heard for uh, marriage, which could apply to your kids or friends or whatever, is to pray the armor of God for your spouse every day and praying that for yourself, praying that for your people to remind us to take up the armor of God. 
um, so that we can fight and right. we're prepared. And that armor includes things that protect us, like the shield and the helmet and mm-hmm. the shoes. But he also gives us a sword mm-hmm. of God's word. And so all of those things are protection against us. So and we have no both one, defensive and offensive absolutely. weapons. And no one's going to go in. You don't go into battle alone. Mm-hmm. No, no battle has ever been fought and certainly not won alone. We are, the Bible says, I think this is in Ezra also says that we carry these burdens shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. so that you're right next to someone if you are right shoulder well, to shoulder with them. And you think even about sports that are played, I don't know why all these sports analogies are coming from today. <laughs> the sports. Um, my husband's an athletic trainer and uh, I just hear about it all the time. So maybe it's in my brain. It is. Um, but you think about sports like even golf with mm-hmm. the masters being just on, mm-hmm. that is a single person sport. Mm-hmm. One person mm-hmm. is hitting the ball mm-hmm. at a time and that mm-hmm. he's hitting it for his own score, yeah. but he's got the guy that's carrying his bags. Mm-hmm. He's got the people that have coached him, that have encouraged him. His family's behind him. Like you're that's not exactly. just one person. He it's, didn't get there by his self. No, you he did can't, not get we, to that We can't off. get anywhere by ourselves. No. And that's what the Bible tells us in Romans 12, 1. And we talk about this in women's ministry, um, that we would be mutually strengthened, encouraged, and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're here to do. And, and as you feel maybe the attacks of the enemy, share that. Don't go into isolation. Speak that out. Get into God's Word. Arm yourself. And oftentimes I've found when I'm just in God's Word on a regular basis, just my time with the Lord every morning, oftentimes He will let me know uh, there's some preparation that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And if you'll cooperate with me, this is not going to be a thing in your life. I love it. Okay, so to wrap up today, I want to read this verse for us, and then um, we'll get to our questions for every episode. Second Thessalonians 3, 3. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you, and He will guard you from the evil one. Girl, you can sleep at night with that scripture. Love so it. Thank you, Debbie, for sharing this and um, yeah. taking the time to prepare for this message. Yeah, and look forward to maybe a part two when we may be able to answer some questions like, well, why does the Lord allow the enemy to attack us? Why doesn't the Lord just protect us? Mm-hmm. Um, there are reasons. Mm-hmm. And there are people in God's Word that show us. Remember Job, Nehemiah, on and on Paul. We'll talk about some of those. And then, uh, Lord willing, I want to share a personal experience with spiritual warfare in my own life. So hopefully part two to come. Stay tuned. Yes. Okay, so before we close the episode, what is something you're learning and what is something you're loving? Oh, my goodness. Something I'm learning right now is really weird. I am learning to propagate a magnolia tree. <gasps> so my husband was raised in Greenwood, Louisiana, and his dad planted a magnolia tree. It is huge, huge in his backyard. And I want to propagate that. And from those cuttings, grow a magnolia tree in my backyard. Do you have a teaching message in I, here? Uh, I feel a teaching message coming on. <laughs> cultivate will surely carry some of those teaching points. Uh, and hopefully I want to do one for our daughter's yard and our son's yard so that we just kind of take that piece and there does have spiritual. I mean, you take what was grown strong and for a long period of time and we plant that in our own backyard. We plant that in our own life. And then something I'm loving right now, um, this is just kind of a personal thing, but many know that my husband had a heart transplant about three years ago. So he has been without fishing for about four, four and a half years. And I love, I just thought about this a few days ago. I love sitting on my back porch and watching, watching him fish out of his boat. He's now recovered to the point where he can get back to that. And see, that's where the Lord talks to him. We do our, we do our time with the Lord completely different. He doesn't sit down at a desk like I do and, and have the, the, the elements that I have. He's usually out in that boat and that's when he gets his word from the Lord and they have their conversations and it's just a sweet thing to see and I'm Gosh, thankful for that's it. That's so cool. I love just a little sidetrack here that 
the Lord speaks to us in different ways. He does. And it doesn't work when we're just trying to force one specific way on ourselves. Like, well, this is what so-and-so does. Absolutely. It's not, it may not work for us. Don't put that. Don't put him in a box. There are times sitting out on a porch taking a walk that I have heard the Lord loud and clear. I've been at the gym hearing from the Lord. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm on a fast from exercise right now, so I'm not going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Debbie, thanks for being here today. It was a fun one. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.